1: You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, as always, giving you the preview for the upcoming matchup for the New York Giants as they are facing the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. And we actually have a bit of a wrench thrown into the plan of discussing this game, which we were not expecting comes right up as we were preparing our show notes, and that is Eli Manning being announced as the likely starter this Monday because of an injury sustained by Daniel Jones against the Green Bay Packers. It was a high ankle sprain, a mild high ankle sprain, which is enough to keep a young player off the field, and that is going to create an opportunity for the veteran who sat most of the season to get in and play. So, Chris, as shocking as this was and unexpected as it was, what does this really mean for the Giants? Because they're going back to the um, their great franchise quarterback who's there for such a long time.
0: You said shocking and unexpected, but th- this is Eagles Week. They're I- in Philly. You should almost expect the unexpected at this point. Something weird always happens when this week rolls around. What it means for the Giants? They have a veteran quarterback again. Passing wise, they're I'm not sure it's going to make a huge difference just with the passing game, their ability to attack downfield or not attack downfield, those, I think, are more schematic questions than quarterback questions. But one one thing this does give the Giants is a quarterback who has seen pretty much everything football can throw at him. There aren't going to be any blitz surprises for Eli, no coverages that he hasn't seen before and it will give the giants a quarterback who has the ability and the freedom and the experience to really command the offense at the line of scrimmage that's one thing we really haven't seen from Daniel Jones is him dissecting defenses before the play and then audibling changing the play and Getting the Giants out of bad looks or putting them into good looks and I think that is something that hasn't really been talked about too much but it it has to have had an effect on the way their season has gone
1: you pointed out how things are probably going to be a little bit smoother when it comes to audibling, picking up blitzes things like that you have your veteran who's been with the Giants for so long uh, he played in the offense last year so he's a bit more experienced with it than Daniel Jones did So Things probably will be a a lot smoother, but a a negative of having Eli Manning in there as far as what it can change for the offense is he's obviously less mobile. He's not as athletic uh, because he's so far down the path of his career and he's at the end of it that um, he's not even close to what Daniel Jones is as an athlete. So That just means that if, if things break down, Daniel Jones has been able to escape and find rushing lanes and get those first downs. You're not going to see that from Eli Manning this week. It's probably, if if, if things break down and someone squeaks through and the offensive line has an issue, uh, it's it's probably going to end in a sack. There's not much of a chance that he's going to be able to get out. The one thing, though, is he might be a little bit smarter about hitting a check down or getting some people out. I, I mean, overall, I, I wouldn't be surprised, too, if they were a little bit more willing to lean on Saquon just to kind of keep some pressure off things in the passing game because they know that Eli can't fully handle the same amount of a workload that he used to, and it might just be a little bit easier to hit Saquon for 20 to 25 carries. Now, that would be the ideal thing to do. We don't actually know if the Giants are going to do that in their play calling.
0: Yeah, at this point, like I said, I'm I'm expecting the unexpected. I would not be surprised at all to see the Giants' go out, decide to attack a not good Eagles secondary and see fourth quarter playoff Eli come back and basically come back for what is likely the fourth quarter two minute drill of his career, even if he does wind up getting the last four weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, we really don't know how long this is going to be happening for because like we saw with Saquon Barkley who had an ankle injury, We don't know how long Daniel Jones is going to be out for. We don't know how long this is going to impact him and if he'll even be able to come back for these final games. Pat Shermer and and the coaching staff and Dave Gettleman and also John Mara might make the executive decision of saying, hey, if he's hurt, don't rush him back out there. We want this kid for the long haul. Play it safe. So we could be seeing four games from Eli Manning. It would be a nice way to cap off of his career if he does not end up returning for the Giants in the offseason. So all that being said, though, and just in talking about Eli Manning, that obviously alters the offensive game plan. And like we always do on every preview show, we're going to give you that offensive and defensive game plan. The first thing up, though, is when looking at the Eagles' defense, is that they have a very elite defensive line. That's probably the biggest positive that they have is their very, very good defensive line. That being said, how do you prepare going against them especially having a different quarterback.
0: You said the the Eagles have a very good defensive line. One of the interesting things is that in ESPN's pass pass rush win rate, still a tongue twister, the Eagles have the fourth best pass rush that is they win their rushes in two and a half seconds or less. Uh, they win their rushes in two and a half seconds or less on 53% of the time. They're actually tied for third. Not f- they're fourth on the list, but tied for third. Anyway, none of their individual rushers are in the top 10. N- none of their edges, none of their defensive tackles. So they win as a unit, not as any individual player. So that means the Giants can't scheme to take away any one individual player they don't have a Shaq Barrett that they can slide protection over to they can't pick out one guy to chip with a running back or chip in a chip with a tight end so this is one case where the Giants will have to lean on Eli Manning's experience and ability to really take some of the load off of John Jalapio and calling protections they will need his ability to get the ball out quickly, which is one of the problems Jones has had so far. He has averaged just under 2.9 seconds to throw, whereas Eli Manning's been somewhere around 2.5 or 2.6 seconds, which is really what their offensive line is built for. So getting the ball out quick, uh, hitting those check downs to the tight ends, whoever they may be uh, getting the ball to Saquon Barkley in space and using, I would say definitely play action to attack the Eagles secondary, which just remains bad. It was bad last year. It's bad this year and really trying to take advantage of those players when the time is right in the right circumstances
1: you alluded to how good their defensive line is, and, and part of the reason why they're struggling their five and their 5-7 and football team is not because of the defensive line. They're so good, they're so talented, and they're so deep at every single level. You can argue that a lot of their issues and why they've lost seven games is because of their secondary and their linebackers, which we'll probably touch on in our next topic that we're going to be discussing. But if you just look across the board, you have Derek Barnett, you have Vinnie Curry playing right behind him, Timmy Jernigan, Fletcher Cox, Um, Brandon Graham, uh, Cox and Graham are are two of the best defensive linemen in the league, and they're very good at hitting home and um, picking up those sacks and those quarterback pressures. It's just a matter of how well the secondary does behind them. I I think a key thing that you acknowledged here is that they are so quick at getting to the quarterback. So the, the Giants need to get the ball out quick. You can't really trust Eli to do what Daniel Jones does, which is if he does see pressure push out and escape the pocket. Eli's not going to do that. We're probably going to see a ton of checkdowns like we saw for the past five or more years with Eli Manning of just willing to dump things off to the the, the closest receiver or a running back. So a lot of those things are probably going to be consistent with what we're going to see this weekend. All that being said, though, Chris, what do you think needs to be the Giants' offensive game plan to prepare for this underrated defense?
0: I would say, first off, build it around quick plays, whether that is running the ball or using quick passes to tight ends or running backs, Saquon Barkley, Buck Allen, Wayne Gallman, whoever happens to be out there. Attack the linebackers if you can, and then lean on play action to relatively safely attack the secondary. One thing I definitely think the Giants should pay attention to and have a plan in place for is if or when the Eagles run cover three. The last time these two teams faced faced off, the Giants had a fantastic first half, like 360 yards, a couple touchdowns, well over 100 rushing yards in the first half. Then they had 56 yards and three points in the entire second half. That's a disappointing drive, and that was their production for an entire half. The big change the eagles made was basically ditching every coverage except for cover three which allowed them to play zone on the back end and have eight men in the box pretty much every play the giants did not attack the seams they didn't use many vertical routes at all they just took the quick easy passes that cover three Is designed to give up. And they just could not sustain drives. They couldn't move the ball against it. It is not an impregnable defense. There are well-known counters. The Giants need to plan on having those in their offense based on just how effective it was against them last year.
1: When I evaluate the weaknesses on this defense, it really sticks out to me how weak their secondary is, and then specifically how weak their linebackers are. And that that really ties into specifically Jalen Mills being their probably biggest weakness in the secondary. I, I I watched him have a lot of issues in covering Devontae Parker, and he honestly has some comparisons to Darius Slayton. So if you, if you can find those situations and line up Slayton with Jalen Mills, try and run some vertical routes. I cannot see Jalen Mills keeping up with him, and also I will take Darius Slayton in a jump ball situation. So... Giants don't have a ton of tall athletic receivers, but use the one really tall athletic one that you have and try and rack up as many yards as possible. The other thing, too, that you notice from having a weak linebacking group is that they're they're a bit weak against tight ends. Mike Gusecki had a good week last week um, for the Dolphins against the Eagles, so whoever's in and starting, whoever the heck is healthy at this point, even if it's Caden Smith again, try and... Use that to your advantage. They did a good job of doing that like we suggested last week in getting him the ball and he had 70 yards. So similarly, find whoever's out there the ball at the tight end position, the middle of the field in the the linebacker spot for the Eagles seems to be their weak point. Up next, we're going to discuss the defensive game plan, but before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, You could argue the whole team is underwhelming because they have such a talented quarterback, a good offensive line, and some decent weapons around them. Somehow, this team continues to find ways to lose football games. But when we talk about this Eagles offense, the first thing we have to talk about right off the bat is Carson Wentz and clearly being their best offensive player. Chris, what do you think we should expect from Wentz?
0: I would say just him to be Carson Wentz. He is... I think Wentz is ideally what the Giants hope Daniel Jones to eventually become he's got that prototyp prototypical size he's got a good arm maybe not the ridiculous you know far end of the bell curve arm strength, but he's got a good arm he is athletic he can he can create and hurt a defense with his legs extend plays throw on the move all of those things so he. Just by virtue of his physical abilities and his talent, he is going to make life difficult for a not-good Giants defense. The Giants, we've seen them get pressure. We haven't seen them really get home much. I think we might wind up seeing more of that as Wentz is able to evade and extend, and then that is just going to put a lot of pressure on the Giants' secondary to hold up, even though the Eagles don't have great receivers.
1: The one clear thing that you need to know about Carson Wentz that you really explained perfectly is that he's big, he's athletic, he's hard to take down, he's very good at evading pressure. That, I would argue, is is his best trait, is being able to evade pressure. But he's got a great arm, super athletic and being able to move out of the pocket. But discussing what his mentality is, and I think you need to acknowledge that he's very, very aggressive. He fits this mold of gunslinger quarterback that's very similar to Patrick Mahomes. He was Arguably Patrick Mahomes before he got into the league and then Patrick Mahomes did it a lot differently than he did and at a higher level. So very aggressive, willing to throw the ball where it probably doesn't belong and hoping that the best thing comes out of it. That worked well for Carson Wentz early on in his career, but I think once teams started to realize what he was doing, it allowed them to force turnovers and take the ball away from him. So that's important to focus on. He's going to come after the young corners on this Giants team if they allow him to, but that doesn't mean that they can't try and force turnovers when he throws the ball in a tight situation. Other thing with Carson Wentz, you notice that he loves to move the ball to his tight ends. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are two very, very good tight ends, which we're going to discuss in a second. But he, and we found this out in the offseason, that he's overly willing at times sometimes to get the ball to Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Doesn't have much other options. If he's willing to get it out to those guys, they need to be covering tight ends and need to be intent on not allowing any yards after catch if he does throw some quick routes to them as well.
0: Yeah, it's actually been a few weeks since the Giants have gotten killed by a tight end, which is kind of a surprising thing to say, talking about a Giants defense which has just hemorrhaged yards and points to tight ends over the years. Does feel like this is an opportunity for that streak to kind of come to an end. Uh, as you said, Goddard and Ertz are both really good. Ertz was probably the best, or arguably the best, definitely top three receiving tight ends in the league last year. He thrives on high volume. He is an athletic mismatch, maybe not a super athletic mismatch like Evan Ingram is when healthy or George Kittle is but he is an athletic mismatch he's a very good receiver in that he has a good understanding of the nuances and fundamentals of being a receiving tight end the Giants are going to have to watch out for these guys and that's something they have historically not been great at
1: and on the flip side Ertz is clearly the guy that gets the most reps and they and they lean on him Significantly, He's the go-to guy for Carson Wentz. But on the flip side, Dallas Goddard, who's who's younger, he came out of South Dakota State, an FCS school similar to Carson Wentz. He's big, he's athletic, he's got a great reach, making him that post-up player in the red zone, which they love to use him as. They'll find him those opportunities in the red zone. They'll bring both of them in in a, um, a two-tight-end personnel look and if they do that, maybe they don't eye Ertz because so many teams are intent on not allowing Ertz to score a touchdown in the red zone that Dallas Goddard will, will slip, slip out and be in a good spot against a corner or maybe a linebacker that can't really match up with him. So both of those players need to be watched in the red zone specifically. It, it's a long list of players that they have that are big and athletic. And that transition into our next conversation, though, is Chris. Who do you think are some of these other offensive weapons that the Eagles have that kind of fit that mold of big, athletic, box out guys?
0: I think the one you just have to go to immediately is Alshon Jeffrey. He has been one of the kind of premier big, athletic, box out bully receivers in the NFL for a while now. Pretty much since he was drafted, yeah, he has. He has that size at like I believe he's six four two thirty ish. That is really bigger than anybody the Giants have to match up against him in the secondary. And he is very good in the red zone. He leads. He and Dallas God- Goddard, they're tied, lead the Eagles with four touchdowns. He doesn't have nearly as many receptions as Ertz, who leads the team with seventy. But he is averaging over 11 yards per catch. He's got those touchdowns. That is that is going to be a struggle for the Giants, I think, with their smaller receivers who they like to be physical. They like to get in press man, but they don't have the size and length that some of the other press man corners you see around the league do. Uh,
1: another big guy that they have is rookie J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who who is another big threat for them that they they don't hit that much but has, has come on in the last few weeks. Last player, though, I think you need to really be aware of is Miles Sanders, rookie running back out of Penn State. He was the backup to Saquon Barkley. Well, Saquon was being a star at Penn State, and then Miles Sanders had a pretty good year, ends up getting drafted relatively early by the Eagles, and they just love to use him as a receiving option out of the backfield wheel routes, wherever they can get him the ball, Giants seem to be aware of him and see wherever he's going to be, make sure to make plays on him, and not allow any significant yards after catch. All that being said, though, Chris, what do you think needs to be the Giants' defensive game plan for this game?
0: Considering the Eagles' offense has not been as good as we have come to expect from them, that's kind of a little bit more tricky of a question than it, re- it really should be. The Giants have to get pressure on Carson Wentz. Otherwise their secondary is not going to hold up, but they also have to be disciplined in their pressure because if they let him escape, that is going to put way too much stress on their secondary. Also the Eagles have enough big threats that the giant secondary is going to struggle, I think, to play the kind of football that they are best at. So I think Overall, it has to be, they have to be sound in their defense. They can't have the miscommunications we have seen, like the ones Aaron Rodgers completely took advantage of last week. And they have to be prepared, and this is something you noted before the show, they have to be prepared for run-pass option plays. The Eagles really popularized those a couple years ago, and they're tough, For a defense to deal with
1: yeah they still really consistently use the RPO as a staple in their offense that's how they set up and build their whole offensive game plan and establish moving the ball down the field so my my big key here is just being assignment sound and that's how you play an option based offense whether it's the triple option um with a speed option in this case it's the run pass option which has come on in the past few years in the NFL for by a number of teams. And the way that you, you slow down and you prevent getting killed by a play that has multiple opportunities if one thing doesn't work over the other is not selling out to stop one compared to the other. So that's just being assignment sound. If you're responsible for the run, you have to stop the run. If you're responsible for the pass or leak out on, on the outside, anything like that, you need to make sure you stay sound on that assignment. That's how you slow that stuff down. If there, anyone makes any slight mistake, that's how somebody gets open. That's how you pick up yards. That's how they get up to go those huge chunk plays that continually move the Eagles' offense down the field. All that being said, though, Giants are going to be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Thank you for tuning in as always. Make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. And also follow us on social media at View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E. And you can follow Chris at Raptor, M-K-I-I. Have a wonderful
0: rest of your day.